Hey you, I'm Melanie, and you're listening to the Surrender to Thrive Podcast. Surrender to Thrive began as my journey of waking the fuck up, or as some spiritual experts may say, a peak in my spiritual awakening. After experiencing hard-hitting trauma and losses all at once, everything changed for me. I had to confront one of the biggest challenges of my life, learning to surrender. And now, I want to help you do the same. I help high-achieving women of color become emotionally resilient by learning to let go. Every week, I will hold space for intimate conversations surrounding naming and releasing unresolved feelings, emotional triggers, limiting beliefs, holistic wellness, ending toxic cycles and relationships, and so much more. I'll invite other healers of color to inspire and share their personal journeys and knowledge with you. You'll leave with practical solutions to care for your emotional body to finally let go and navigate life challenges to experience less stress and emotional stability. Yes, we're getting all in our feelings today, so let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Surrender to Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Melanie, and today is episode 10, cutting off season or cut off season, letting go relationships, outgoing relationships, coping with loss and being open to receiving new relationships. Um, And I had the pleasure of having this conversation with one of my best friends. And y'all, I'm actually recording this intro after recording the episode. And y'all, we <laughs> it was a huge thing that happened where we thought we lost the episode. So I was kind of like, I hope I did not you know, lose this episode. I hope it recorded because it was such a great conversation about our experiences with letting go relationships or even outgoing relationships in our lives um, and our experiences with um, friendships and romantic relationships when it comes to that time where we have to let people go. And, and yeah, it gets difficult. So we had a conversation about that. Um, but I'm done talking. I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and tune into this week's episode. I hope you enjoy. And if you find something that resonated with you in this episode, please share um, via Instagram, tag me in a post, reach me in my DMs, um, email me if you down with that as well. Um, and also if you would like, if there's something, if this is a podcast that you typically like to listen to and you get something from, definitely leave a five-star review so that more people can join our community, more people can receive this information. So yeah, let's get into the episode right now. I have a very special guest. I always say that, but this time is, is really, really, really special because I have one of my closest friends. One of my best friends, we'll get into that, <laughs> Victoria. Um, but before we get started into the episode, I have a question I have to ask all of my co-hosts for the day. Um, are you open to that? Of course. All right. How has surrendering played a part in your personal growth or healing journey? Ooh, I would say um, lack of surrendering has played a big part in pushing me to surrender. 
You know, I say that because my fear of surrendering control of certain things in life has allowed me to stay in situations and, you know, things longer than I needed to. This fear of the unknown, this fear of what happens once I surrender, this fear of, you know, not having a plan. So it really was more so that lack of being able to surrender that forced me to have to surrender because, um, you know, what I've often told is that if you don't learn to control your problems, they control you. And so learning to surrender was something that I really had to dig deep on and practice a lot and be more intentional about so that I can quit having that, you know, fear from lack of surrender push me into things that I didn't want to do or wasn't ready for versus when you control when you surrender and just, you know, do it gracefully. I think you're better able to um, embrace what comes next, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely, like I said, still a learning process and surrendering. It's an active thing in my life right now, and I'm more comfortable with it. But it definitely took some time to get to this place. Yep. It's a journey. Like I always say, it's a journey. Um, And thank you for sharing as well. So I want to get into this episode, and I have a story, though. So (laughs) um, I named the episode Cutoff Season, taken literally and figuratively. Um, It's springtime. Um, it's not quite cutoff season in the relationship. It ain't summer yet, but we, we're we getting there. So um, I have a story. My dad and I went plant shopping. I was looking for an aloe vera plant. I didn't get an aloe vera. I ended up getting like these ponytail palm trees or whatever. And we walked past, um, we was in Lowe's, walked past this shelf. And my dad's like, Melanie, come here, look at this. It was a clearance shelf for plants. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Lord. So I looked at these plants. These plants literally looked like they were just dying. Like they had like, you know, burnt tips on them, look crumbly. Like some of them look a little healthy, but they were like, they just didn't look the best. But they were super cheap because they were like these big trees or whatever. And they were like $5 and they used to be like, you know, 20 and up or whatever. And he like, we should get some. I'm like, because mm, I'm still a new plant mom. I don't, I'm not trying to buy a dead plant. And bring it back to life. I want to, <laughs> I want to have a plant that's actually already, you know, it's healthy. So right. that's where I'm at. But he like, nah, we getting these plants. And I'm like, and he already got a thousand plants. But I'm like, okay, whatever. He you do whatever he wants his money. So he put the plants in the car, whatever. We take them home. And I, he was doing what he was doing. And by the time he like, you sure y'all want no plant? He like, no, nah, you getting a plant. I'm like, whatever. So he comes back with these plants after he didn't. Um, went outside and, and doctor them up or whatever. And I looked at the plants. They look totally different. Like, I'm like, hey, what you do to the plant? Like, yeah, I pruned them and I gave them a little trim. I watered them. And I'm like, I look at this plant because it looks nothing like what it came like um, or whatever. So fast forward to last weekend, we were talking about something in the kitchen. And he was like, you know, I had saw something on TV and, you know, Life is like a um, life is like pruning a plant. I was like, I'm like, yeah, that, that's true. Okay, <laughs> you getting deep? Okay. And he was like, cause um, he, he was like, yeah, cause um, oh my god, what did he say? Um, when you um, oh my god, let me let me double check, make sure I'm not getting this wrong. He said. Sometimes you don't have to cut people off. Keep growing and they'll fall off. And I was like, that's a good conversation to have. 
because sometimes we don't have to actually cut people out of life. Like they naturally will fall off because how much we didn't grown. So I'm like, who would be the perfect person to have this conversation with? And of course, I thought of you. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about cutting people off, letting people go. Um, in this journey, we have doing a lot of growth. Um, what relationships have fallen off for you? All that. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about that today. I want to say I love it. Don't you don't have to cut people off. Just keep growing, and they will fall. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, that, I felt that in my spirit. <laughs> I, that's deep. Because that's so true. That is so true. And I think what you'll see people often say is, um, you acting different. Mm-hmm. Things ain't like it used to be. Oh, you got your new friends. You know, you constantly hear these things. And it, it's because of that growth. Mm-hmm. Like, that, it makes so much sense. Like, that really resonates with me. Yep. Yeah, that's why I was like, when he said those things, I was like, I had to hear him run and get my phone, try to remember <laughs> exactly what he said. So that, you know, I put a pen in it and I knew where I wanted to kind of go with this conversation. But when you said like people said things like, oh, you acting different. Uh, why you don't do this no more? Things like that. It kind of like basically say they're uncomfortable with your change. And I was like, yeah, that's that's a good conversation to have with somebody who I've grown with since being in a relationship with this person. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I think like you coming into my life when you did was definitely like, I know you've seen the changes that I made, but like, I really feel like the moment you came in, I was definitely at a time where um, I was outgrowing, you know, you know, I was outgrowing a relationship. I was kind of pruning that plant. However, I didn't know how to prune, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like, oh, I could could just figure this out. I don't need no help. You know, it'll, it'll work itself out. So, you know, ideally, if you're a new plant mom, you know, or any plant person, you know, you want to do some research. You want to, you don't want to just go out there and spend your money on a plant. And like you said, it dies. And then you're like, okay, what now? Mm-hmm. So you want to have some research. Just like with people, you constantly have to, I think, you know, get to learn people as they grow so that you know how to properly maneuver and shift. So I think I was going into relationships without communication, without researching of myself or that person and what they were going through and just trying to, you know, make it last hanging on to that last little leaf knowing <laughs> this plant about to die but I'm gonna keep hanging on because I just feel like well it's my first plant you know I gotta keep it or it's my day one friend you know I gotta keep them but like you said like sometimes you have to just get to a place where you, you surrender like you it really goes back to that surrendering piece and letting go yeah definitely um even going well continue the conversation about surrendering and letting go What's the hardest thing for you about letting go of relationships? And we've not just talked about romance. This is family, um, friendships, um, things like that. I think for me, if I'm being completely honest, the one thing in any type of relationship I've been in that kind of holds me back or makes letting go hard is the guilt factor. Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's that internalization that, oh, well, you know, you don't care about me. Or, oh, well, I knew you were fake. Oh, I thought you were the realest Vic, you know, because that's a, a label I've given myself because I am the realest. Not a, I'm a realist, I-S-T, but I am also the realest, <laughs> E-S-T. And I, I intentionally, you know, tell people that difference because I give 110% in any relationship that I'm in. 
Um, and so for me, when my character is attacked and I feel guilty about something, that is when I find myself, you know, feeling threatened or like I have to prove a point. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to leave you like your last friend did. So I'm going to go ahead and tolerate anything and everything just so I'm not that last person, just so I'm not mm-hmm. lumped into that category. Although I very may well have, you know, proven to whatever relationship it is, proven to that person that I'm not like other people they've met. I still find it that I have to keep hanging on to show that I've exhausted all options. I've tried everything else because I don't want to be labeled as another person that left them mm-hmm. or another person that they couldn't depend on. So I really like pride myself on trying to be dependable, honest and trustworthy in any relationship that I'm in because I don't like being, you know, lumped in with a, a group of people. I want to stand out. Yeah. And I was just about to say, like, it does like you protecting your character, like somebody, you know, attacking your character, saying you're not this when you were that. But at the same time, they're not saying it then. Does that mean it's true? And even going back to like relationships that were, um, relationships that you knew that was kind of like dying off. And even when I first came into your your life and being introduced to your friends, um, I felt that energy. And we always bring up this story about this birthday dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And I love revisiting because I had never experienced something like that before. Like, I don't know, especially like coming in, meeting someone for the first time and seeing how awesome and great they are. And then going to this dinner and I could tell like which people were like, those dead leaves that were just still hanging on and I'm like why this is so uncomfortable like how how are you dealing with this like I couldn't imagine dealing with something that's just especially with like certain relationships or that many relationships that felt you just felt that they were just ready to you know be let go or whatever and I I would I had to say something I'm like what's what's going on <laughs> um and for those who don't know it was a birthday dinner for Victoria in um I was invited and it was this long table a lot of people showed it was a a great turnout (laughs) but it was really uncomfortable at the table it was like people you could tell people either didn't know each other it just wasn't they wasn't there to me and it was really it just felt really uncomfortable to be there to the point where I'm like okay I I I think it's time for me to go now like I, I don't I enjoyed this drink I had. <laughs> I enjoyed seeing you have fun. But I think I'm, I'm about to go because now I'm turning to my phone. If I'm turning to my phone in a, a group setting, then yeah, I, I'm turned all the way off. So yeah, that, that was my first experience with really seeing um, that type of dynamic where there were some leaves that needed to be pruned. Let's let's tell the full story now. <laughs> what is the full story? Well, well, okay, tell it from your perspective. Well, you stayed all of five minutes. I did not stay. I did not stay no five minutes. <laughs> I did not stay five minutes. It was like it, it was a le- it was less than an hour. I would say, but it wasn't five minutes. Ooh, uh, no, I, the the timing. We'll agree to disagree because you know time was moving a little different from where I was at. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but I, I I thank you for for being brave enough to call me out in that moment. Like you said, you know we were new in our friendship, and you had no problem letting me know this ain't it, big something ain't right. And all those leaves did fall off. Outside of one member being family, mm-hmm. I, with two two members being family, there there was a point in time where all of those leaves died. 
And there have been a couple since the, the 15 people that were present, y'all. There have been a couple that I have been able to prune and have conversations with and move forward. But the rest are, are dead. You know, there's no saving them. They had to go. So um, you were absolutely right. The vibe was just really, really awkward. And I, I definitely, I never blamed you for leaving because my thing was you showed up. You know, amongst those dead leaves, you showed up and you were alive and thriving and willing to accept me for who I was. And for me, that that was very important for me um, because that wasn't, you know, it, it was a lot of things that happened, I think, at that time where how I thought it was going to turn out and how it actually turned out were, you know, just not congruent. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah it, it, I mean, I just didn't want to overstep that, like, I was trying to tell you, like, get rid of this person again. I'm just like, this is really, this is different. Like, this is uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it is what it is now, but <laughs> it's definitely something I look back on. We look back on it kind of just like, damn, <laughs> that, that was, that was different, but we right. had other times that were amazing. So I'm definitely not, um, I'm definitely not calling things out all the time. <laughs> I'm de- I'm sure there's a certain situation. But let's bring that up. Is there any um I guess moments where you felt like people it seemed off or something needed to be let it go, you know, in my life that I maybe I didn't even see? Mm, honestly, that's that's one thing I can say no to because you are like when I say the absolute like host a child for protecting peace like you <laughs> I I when I say there is nothing that you do if you your whole heart not into anything feel a little bit off your energy shift you are on it like that's just something that I learned from you from that very first moment of you calling me out I learned to okay it's okay to say no and not feel guilty about it you know because that's something that you constantly practice and the only time I've seen you say yes when I think you should have said no you already had recognized it and that came to you know your family mm-hmm. and and them kind of abusing the privileges that they had with you and the moment you realize it you begin to start making little changes gradual changes to get to a place where you can tell them no and not feel responsible for whatever comes after you you know so I think a lot of you kind of held some of the responsibility that they should have but like I said you are already aware of it and making those changes to solidify that. And now not even family, you know, gets to interrupt or shift your energy in, in the slightest. It's like sometimes, you know, things do happen in families is going to get under your skin a little bit, but you always give it right back to them. You let it go. You recognize <laughs> it's not your own. And that, that's one of the things that I love about you. And like, I strive to get to that place because family can really be a struggle. That relationship, that familiar relationship mm-hmm. tends to be the one that goes the longest dead and all withered up and dried out no pruning at all and it's just hanging on you yeah, know for sure <laughs> that's, the, that's the one that I think a lot of people struggle with yeah I, I definitely agree that family is a, a tender spot <laughs> it's one of those leaves that you just you kind of even if it falls off you try to glue it back on there you know try to figure out figure out how to put it back on the tree because you want it to work and that's the relationship you was talking about. I would love to have a conversation about that. But since I didn't have a conversation with that person yet, I was just like, I can say that for another time because I would want to have that conversation with that person or at least some progress or a conversation or whatever. But I've definitely 
that that leaf definitely fell off and I tried to keep gluing it back to my tree um and it just wasn't working for me and I think when it comes to family um it gets tough like I said it's a tender spot but also it's your family and we kind of feel like we obligated to have that loyalty to our family because that's what's being ingrained in us like family over everything or, or some people say that <laughs> but family is you know my foundation it's my my support system this is this is the people my blood so of course there's going to be loyalty there and it makes it harder for people to like detach themselves from their loyalty loyalty so um I think that's where I was at it was just like wanting it to work because this is someone I grew up with is someone I shared a room with for pretty much all my life up until I was like 18 or maybe I don't know 17 something like that but yeah it's just like when you think about all those experiences and you think about the past and how you want it to look in the future. And then like when that doesn't happen, you kind of starting to see like, this is not working. And it comes like, I don't know, it hurts when it gets to that place. So. Definitely. I would agree. It, it's painful. And like you said, but it's your family, you know, like how do you get past that point without feeling guilty? Like that's the, that's the struggle, you know, getting mm-hmm. past it and being okay with it. And like, not blaming yourself afterwards that's my own personal thing not blaming yourself once you do finally cut it you stop you know using that glue you just let it go if the wind picks it up and it carries away you know you have to be okay with it essentially yeah. and I think that that's where me personally the struggle comes in and it's like if not me then who mm-hmm. yeah it's like that I think I did that as well taking over responsibility for somebody else life or just their well-being I definitely was that person as well um and as far as like how to detach or how to let go of their relationship when it comes to family I don't think it's a a cookie cutter way to let go of someone um no matter what type of relationship it is uh but for me I think that I kind of like when I tell my clients about changing their relationships with their emotions if you feel that emotions are bad then you can never truly heal from your emotional wounds. If you think that all your emotions or the things that you experience are bad, you don't, basically you don't want to have a healthy relationship with your emotions or whatever. And then kind of the same way when it comes to like your views or um, how you feel about the relationship with this person, but also how you feel about, let me see. For example, I got to a place where I value my peace more than anything. So I had to like shift my mindset. like. It's not about loyalty anymore because loyalty, I don't know. Loyalty is, mm, I don't know. It's something that I value, but it's only something I value if it's, if it's reciprocated. If it's, um, I don't know. It's just. It depends, like I said, on the person, but it's it's kind of hard to explain because it's family again, and it's a relationship that's like, um, it's a tender spot. So you kind of like trying to figure out things as you go along. But I definitely feel like changing your mindset, how you look at things, as far as um, your role in this person's life, um, and things like that. But I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm still in there because the first time I ever had to like cut a family member off that was super close to me. Um, well, not even cut them off, but just love them from a distance. Um, 
So that's something I'm still like learning as I go. Um, but when it came to friendships, like <laughs> it's not easy for me to cut off relationships because that's still hard too. But I always value relationships so much that when I feel like I'm being taken advantage of or I feel like my peace is being threatened or and this stuff happens consistently, obviously. It's not something that just happens one time and you're like, oh, okay, I'm done with you. It's something I continue to see. And then I'm just like, I, I can't do it. Like, I can't. Um, and I guess, it, I don't know. It's, it's definitely different with friends and families. But at the same time, my friends are like my family. So, I mean, I guess back in elementary and high school, middle school, that, I mean, <laughs> that hurts. But it's like, eh, I mean... It is what it is, but when it comes to people you, you know, consider family that are your family, then yeah, it, it's definitely a struggle. Or you know, can be. I'm gonna say, you know, that's my favorite phrase. It is what it is, <laughs> and I don't like saying it, but it, it, sometimes that that count. I mean, that that applies to the situation. Just like you, you can't control people, but you can't control what you do. You can't cut them off. Mm-hmm. You can't let go. You can't do certain things, but yeah you can't change that, people's behavior right and that phrase whatever will be will be mm-hmm. I like that one too but I think one of the things that you said that really stood out for me was it depends and a lot of it does depend how I respond to you depends on our relationship our closeness what you've shown me in the past how many times I chose not to respond like I'm thinking about all of that in a moment in an interaction you know when I'm when it's coming down to making a decision to cut off or not and like you said more often than not family you know per- perceived family like family that you you know may you've chosen yourself versus that blood family it becomes a little you know little different because it goes back to like you said your mor- morals your values and what you have known to be true for you mm-hmm. so shifting that mindset of what you were taught so for me it's like family is always first it ain't family over everything in my mind but family does come first I'm very family oriented and it's important so there are a lot of times where if it comes to my family, I'm I'm more likely to sit back and be quiet about something I may not usually be okay with because I'm like, well, they'll do it for me. You know, I get into that because like, yes, we are blood versus friends I perceive family. It's like, well, okay, whatever. Friends have left me before. Like the moment I'm hurt or slighted in any way, I instantly take it off, take it back down to, well, I'll bounce back. They're not technically related to me, so I guess I got to get over it. You know, and I started using it as almost like a crutch in the sense that the blood piece isn't there. Knowing good and well, there are friends that I have that blood wouldn't make us any closer mm-hmm. because that connection is already better than some connection that I've had with people who I do share blood with. So, you know, I, I think it comes, like you said, it comes down to that mindset piece and me struggling with how I receive it and how I want to be perceived as a result of any type of, not even a negative interaction, but maybe that's one that's like less than ideal. So for instance, if my mom were to cuss me out, I'm angry, I'm resentful, but it's my mom. Versus if somebody I perceive to be a best friend, close friend, sister in that category cusses me out, then it's more, it's personal. It hits different because y'all know even things that I haven't shared with this family. So for y'all to attack me now, I'm more hurt. So now I feel like I have to up the stakes to prove, you know what I'm saying? To kind of prove my point of why I'm cutting you off now because you of all people know more, so you need to do better. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I get, you know, stuck on that family versus friends piece because like you said family and friends it's kind of a thin line a lot of times they kind of blur if you do have a good friend group not for everybody but you know for some of us yeah 
Definitely. Even when you talk it, it's like I I, I get what you're saying about. Well, let me see if it's even what you mean as far as like with friendships, you experience hurt and loss before, you know, but you made other friends. But when it comes to family, those people can't be replaced. You know, you can't have another mom. I mean, you can, but obviously you want your mama. Like you don't want another mama. Um, like you had these experiences with these friends, you bounce back from them or you um created space for new friendships and then with your family, that that space can be filled by another person other than that person, really. So holding on to that versus a friend that can be replaced, then yeah, that 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 would make sense. Right. And it's not, you know, not replaces and somebody gonna do exactly what they did. You right. Know? No. Yeah, like you said, that's that's not a one of one. Mm-hmm. You don't get multiple mamas in the world. You can have multiple friends, <laughs> you know, and I, my mama the goat. So I can't, although flaws and all, there's still certain things, like you said, that you just can't get another one. Of. You can have another title of that, you know, mm-hmm. but like you said, it, it won't be the exact same person or individual. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Definitely. So even we were talking about, um, you know, some relationships we let go and some of them come back in the picture. Sometimes we get together and we able to like, <laughs> I guess, add new leaves to this plant, but it's the same person. Or even if it's not the same person, how, um, what's the question I'm thinking of basically is when it comes to, um, well, when does it become possible to revive a relationship that you did cut off or you have cut off in the past? Like what makes it possible for you to enter back into a relationship that you in the past have let go for me and it could be because I'm a therapist you know not not that I'm trying to therapize people but I I honestly feel like for me going through just the clinical counseling program really opened my eyes up to effective communication not just words but like those nonverbals and verbals coming together and being congruent and matching that in language language is a huge piece of it because what means one thing to me might not mean the same thing to another person i'm constantly reminded of that in friendships and sessions with clients that's something that comes up so frequently so for me communication is key in any relationship but it has to be effective communication it has to be that listening with intent and speaking with intent as well so i'm not listening to you to respond if there's a conflict you're telling me you're hurting i really am going to try to get to the source and if in a moment I'm not able to hear that and I, I I get defensive, I know for me, something's coming up. I need to take a step back from this. I'm shutting down. I don't want to have this conversation so that I can come back to it because I do value the relationship and want to really figure out what it was that triggered me and also upset the other person in the conversation. So for me, it's always about checking in with myself, sometimes checking in with the outside source. I, I never go directly to somebody that I feel like um is in communication with that person not because I have a problem with saying what I said I'm gonna say what I said regardless you know no matter who's asking but I always want to check in with the unbiased party if I am unsure or struggling with it and I need help processing I have no problem calling somebody else I trust saying hey am I tripping this is scenario this is what's going on and getting that outside feedback because sometimes you're so close to a situation you can't see any other way so having a trusted person in your corner your circle that you can go to bounce those ideas off of it and who's not afraid. That's the key piece. Not afraid to tell you when you did wrong about something like that's what helps to navigate through like conflicts and different, you know, different set of opinions within different friendships. 
So short answer, communication. Long. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I I agree. Communication is key. Um, especially I think that's one thing that we do do well. Um, and even if we maybe don't communicate right at that time when something maybe comes up for us or whatever, we always circle back to that. Uh, I don't think we ever move on to a different level our relationship without having a conversation. Um, and I have noticed that, which I feel like that's something I want to take in all my relationships I have. Like, you have to be open to communicate. It may not be in that moment. Maybe you don't feel like communicating. You just haven't processed anything on your own. But a conversation needs to happen because I'm not carrying this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am not carrying this shit because I'm going to keep, I'm going to think about it. Um, and I, I want to get it out so that I'm not carrying it. So, um, I think that it is important that, to have that communication. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. Like you said, who want to keep carrying that? Because now I got to carry my stuff and your stuff and I'm in my head and I ain't sleeping. Like for me, I, I, I'm all the way in the head about something on a regular basis. So if it's a conflict, oh, my brain is in overdrive. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, problem, problem, problem. I got alerts going up. I have to fix it, fix it, fix it. I'm the fixer. That's what I do. So it's like, if I can't fix a problem, I got to talk about it. And I can't no better person to talk about it than who you had the problem with. I don't believe in, you know, going around and beating around the bush. I'm direct, especially when it comes to matters of the heart, things that I really care about or I'm passionate about. I might tear up because that's how that's how deeply I care. And in that moment, it might be a difficult conversation. But like you said, it has to be had because I know me. I'm not letting it go. I'm stuck. It'll be eight years from now. I'm like, so we're going to talk about what happened July 18, you know, like. Whatever it is, I'm coming back to it. And, it, you know, some people say it's petty, but for me, like, that's just how hard I go in friendship mm-hmm. in any relationship for that matter. That I'm always going to be that person that is giving they all from the beginning it's like, until you show me otherwise. Yeah, definitely. I know some people can't stay in it. Like, oh, we all got to talk about <laughs> trying to therapy, trying to do therapy. I'm, I, I cannot stand when people think I'm trying to do therapy. I'm like, look, I left my therapy head at the door. Like, this is, this is real life. Well, not that therapy is not real life, <laughs> but this is, this is what it is right now. I'm not trying to um, act like you're a client of mine. I'm trying to therapy. Uh, ther- what's the word? Ther- therapy? Therapy. Yeah. Okay. That's not weird. But I'm yeah, not- I'm not trying to do that with this person. I think people kind of like, jump to that so they can get out of something and they're like oh that irks me so much <laughs> when people say that because I'm just like I'm asking questions or I might I might be processing because that's truly what I feel is on my heart to do it's not because I want um to analyze you or to dissect you and and, and figure you out like come on let's come on talk <laughs> let's be real but um but yeah I think for me in the past, and even with certain relationships now, depending on the person, like I said, some people are easier <laughs> to let go than others. I guess just be real. Some people just are. Um, <laughs> but I think that when it comes to reviving old relationships, whether it be friendship, romantic, in my case, more so romantic, I always like, if I let go of a relationship, instead of me, changing some things or really getting to the root of things I try to find another door in so it's like the same situation but I'm like instead of going through that door I'm gonna go through that door and then next time well that door didn't work I'm gonna go through this door and it's just like 
girl, it's still the same house. <laughs> if you go through the back door, the front door, it doesn't matter. And, I, and that's why I kept hitting the walks. I'm like, I keep entering this same relationship, but I always get the same outcome. I, I always come out feeling the same way. And I like punish myself doing it because I wanted to hang on to this relationship so much that I was just trying to find other ways to to get through the, get to this house, get in this house in a way where it worked and where I don't have to go through another door. But as I mentioned, I just kept going through the back door, the windows. <laughs> I tried every opening to <laughs> in this relationship. And it was just like, and it's like when you go through that for so many years, it's like, okay, when does the cycle stop? Like when do you let go? When will be that that thing that be like, okay. It's time to not burn down this house, but it's not burning. <laughs> it's time to just move on. As Usher would say, you got it bad. <laughs> but I love that house analogy. You know I'm all about analogy. And I would I would stay with me here. What keeps you going back in that house? And it could be, you know, it's different things. But for me, I got a house in mind. And the house, you know, it ain't got no curb appeal. It's a little rough around the edges. But I'm like, oh, if I can slap a new coat of paint on there, maybe some drapes here, a new kitchen <laughs> there, just maybe I can live in this mm-hmm. house a little bit longer. And yeah. that's what helps to revive the relationship. Because, like, oh, I just slapped the paint on. And they bought a rug? Okay, they trying. Mm-hmm. Knowing good and well, that rug is, you know, a four by four that they got it from Dollar Tree. They ain't really put no effort into it, but they, they bought it, you know, mm-hmm. and they showing, look, I got this for you. And then once they get the new rug, you get in there, you asking, okay, you're going to help me replace the pipes? And they just like, you ain't say I have to do all that, mm-hmm. you know? You, you, I thought you loved me for me. I thought you wanted to live in this house because I got this little rug for you. But I got to come and bring and do the rest of the work. So I think in reviving those relationships, you really have to ask yourself, like, are they going to the dollar store and give you that rug? Or did they, you know, they splurge a little to go to Target, you know? <laughs> like, everybody know you dress different when you go to Walmart to Target, you know? <laughs> like, you, somebody got to see me at Target, Walmart. Girl, everybody in here, you know? <laughs> so it's a different. And nobody wants that. Everybody Walmart rug. They want a little exclusive, only get Target rug. So I definitely get it. But that, that for me, has been the hardest part about, listen, let, this house has been condemned. Get out, sell it, transfer <laughs> the keys, let somebody else take on that project because mm-hmm. here come this new house that's been, you know, been for you and built for you. Yeah. But yeah, I'm steady trying. I, I want a good fixer rougher so I can say, look how hard we did. You know, look how hard we worked together and look what we got because I never mm-hmm. gave up because yeah. I'm so loyal. And then, then you, you, you bankrupt. <laughs> then you bankrupt and, he, and you out of all your money for this house. It ain't even worth it. You know, this house has been run down, and, but it got all the fresh paint on it appearing to be new again. When you could have just, you know, spent a little bit more invested in a new house. Which yeah. means, you know, push past that fear and just invest it and, and being open-minded to new relationships coming into your life, like you said. Definitely. <laughs> you went into like where I got trapped in is like, Oh, you you did this. Okay. This could work this time. I can I think I can stay in here. I think I went through the right door this time. And it's like, nah, no. And I think also with me is not only like that little bit of effort that was never consistent, it also was the house had a great foundation. Like the house was it, it had a great foundation. So I'm like, like you mentioned, like we can build on this. We can continue to make this work. It'll be so good to be like, damn, like look. We had these good bones, this good house, this good foundation. All we needed was just some drapes. All we needed was just some rugs and, you know, a little, you know, 
upgrade here and there, but this house, it got, it's a good house. Uh, and that's where I was at. Just like, this is, it was almost like we get stuck in the thing of like, you can't find nothing like this anywhere else. <laughs> and it's like, uh, no, you just haven't left the neighborhood. That's how it that is. Mm, that's good right there. <laughs> you gotta leave the neighborhood. <laughs> Should the town, probably the state maybe, because, uh, you might end up doing, you know, a, a detour and find another way back to that. Yeah, let me stop. Good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, get that, get out the state. You like, don't, don't, go, don't go next door. Don't go in the cul-de-sac. You need to go ahead and travel. Put some mm-hmm. distance in between you and that house. Let it go. But I just thought of something now. Like I was, I was a person that ran. I definitely, like I just mentioned, um, with you earlier about Shan Booty, when she was talking about that woman who kept going back to her ex and like. She just changed her mind, but she didn't change her behavior. I was definitely a person like, okay, I'm done. And I'll just go away for a while. But then I get right back into my habits because I haven't changed anything. I just changed my mind. And changing your mind is easy. You could say, oh, I'm going to work out today. But what did you do? Did you hire a trainer? Did you grocery shop? Did you throw all them things? Like, what action did you take? What things have you done to prepare yourself so that this is not an issue again? And I think that's where I kind of was like, okay, this is where I'm I'm stuck at. I'm stuck in this. I could change my mind and that's enough. And it's not. Absolutely. Because action without works is dead. <laughs> like, I, I, that really reminded me of that book, Atomic ha- Habits, that you had, uh, you know, recommended to me. And it was amazing because like you said, yes, I want to work out, but what have I done? You don't have to drastically go get a gym membership. But mm-hmm. if you have nothing to show that you are getting your mind ready for it, if you haven't purchased some workout clothes, at least establish where you want to work out. And then what is a workout to you? Like all of those things have to happen. So like you said, in me leaving this neighborhood, okay, what am I searching for a house? Do I want a house to find me? What am I doing to show that I'm ready to let this house go and sell it? Have I contacted people to buy the house? And, you know, and thinking about the relationship aspect, have I truly cut off contact with me if I no longer want to have any, you know, connection or soul ties to that mm-hmm. to that residence anymore? Because those things and those connections run deep. And so you have to get to a place where you really ask yourself, if this is the change, then what am I going to change? What am I willing to change? And how much effort am I willing to put in changing me first? Because essentially, like even if I do change my mind and I change my behavior, if I don't change the environment, I'm likely to slip back into those old habits. I'm likely mm-hmm. to find a similar house to compare mm-hmm. to the last house just to say, well, it's not the same house. Oh, what a structure looking the same. The <laughs> you know, but I, this look real familiar, Vic. You know, you got to ask yourself, like, what is it about these type of houses that I like? And everybody got a, you know, a type of house. Yeah, it's like everybody has a type of person they attract, but you have to ask, what is it within you that keeps attracting these people that you mm-hmm. have a hard time pruning and holding on to why do the leaves keep dying it's not the water it must be the soil <laughs> your roots right. are in bad soil so you have to really uproot yourself get in some good soil and you see that plants can be revived once you remove them from mm-hmm. that toxic environment that caused them to die right I definitely I agree wholeheartedly like um even going back to um as far as I don't know when it comes to like I, I'm big on changing the environment, definitely. Um, and I think that planting yourself in new soil is great. 
that's what I was going to say too. I'm going back to my thought now because I was going lost. But um, you mentioned how, oh my God, I lost my thought again. What was I about to say? Oh my God, I need to, let me see. You spoke about, I can edit this out too, so I'm, I'm <laughs> I might keep it in though. Let me keep it in. Yeah, I usually, because editing, I, I don't edit, girl, I don't have time. People, I be edit for three hours. Mm-mm. I, I, my perfectionism, I, I tried to do that in the beginning. I was like, I can't, because I do this for, I'll be on this for hours. But um, let me try to remember this. Because sometimes when you like actively listening to someone, Right. You don't want to like try like you no know, no thoughts try to come in and you like want to think about your response like no 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 tune in and then you forget what she was about to say but um let me see I forgot I forgot I'm to recap what I said the end it was something that stood out that you said towards the middle end. I full disclosure now. When I'm in the zone, I, I, <laughs> right, I, that's I, what... <laughs> I got key words though. Like, mm-hmm. I know I said plant the soil and changing the environment and, and figuring okay, out before that what was toxic. Or you said before the plant analogy. Before the plant analogy. Oh, so figuring out what it is within you that keeps it. There you safe. go. There <laughs> I knew it was something. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was okay. That's what I was thinking about. It's like whatever you keep attracted like okay the set I like being aware of like the people you're attracting to me is important because I swear like when I once I'm aware of like the stuff I attract or the people I keep attracting I feel like life's testing me like they all they would like if I let go of a relationship it would show up again and I'm like mm, this this is the same this this house seems familiar like it's the same thing and I'm able to like cut it off like even my past relationship like when I felt like somebody taking advantage of me and I was like it's just this seemed too familiar and it's this been happening happened consistently like I gave you you know benefit of doubt one two times the third time okay yeah this is your this is your personality this is something that you do it's not something that's just a mistake because we had this conversation and we talked it out and we seem to have come to you know some terms to things or we're aware of like what the situation is. We process things, but then it happens again. And I'm like, okay, now you like, I'm being tested. Am I going to let this relationship go? I'm going to continue on for another 10 years and deal with the same thing over and over again. So I like to, if I have to cut off early rather than later, because I know that if I hold on too long, it's going to be harder for me to cut off. Whereas if I do it early on, then my my um that leaf won't affect the other leaves in my life it won't um kill my plant (laughs) not actually kill it but it just won't um impact me in a way where I'm not thriving um so that's where I was kind of going with just like the attraction part um or attracting the same people over and over and over again and how like I'm starting to catch on to certain things when it happens um but yeah that's what I was gonna say I, I cannot think. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you remember. <laughs> glad I remember something I said. Uh, but like my dad always used to tell me, like, you learn through repetition. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I strongly believe, I don't care what it is, good or bad. If you do it enough times, you're going to, you know, it's going to become a habit. Mm-hmm. If you continue to do it, you don't change it. So 
in that situation, you know, like it's great that you have had so many similar experiences. So you recognize it a lot quicker, which I'm able to recognize things a lot quicker. That's why, you know, for a while I was like, oh, no new friends, because I knew what was coming up for me in old relationships. That was a problem. So new friendships, I don't, there's no such thing. It's all, everything is a, becomes a test at that point. Not mm-hmm. testing me, but I'm testing others now because I don't have time to get to where I'm at now. I want to prevent that. So now that I recognize how I got to this place, I'm in prevention mode. I'm protecting me. I'm protecting my peace. I'm protecting those around me from any type of toxicity, especially after that, that birthday party. Like <laughs> I, I realized, okay, I have somebody who truly is a full life plant on her own. And here I am inviting her to come into my garden and ain't nothing living. Who knows? <laughs> you know, like for real. Like that Adam probably wish he would have left evil on that garden, but that's basically what it was. It was a situation where, look, your garden dying. Uh, I don't think I want to be on your team. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a dead garden out here. I'm thriving in. You know, like you said, if you allow that one leaf to die and continue to keep, you know, inserting itself in your life, the rest of the plant dies. Mm-hmm. you know so you you truly have to recognize like if one bad it has the potential to ruin everything so in some instances you know they're saying that you know birds of a feather flock together i don't believe it all the time but i can definitely see how some of them feathers start to look real similar to each other <laughs> the longer you flying around the same bird you're like you know what i can see it i can see the resemblance mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you gotta you gotta recognize it. definitely and that the birds of a feather flock together it definitely I used to be like, well, you ain't like the rest of them. But I feel like to a certain extent we are because maybe it may not be exactly like, you know, um, who you are right now. But if those people are from your past, then obviously that tells the story. So that's why I kind of think like, OK, birds do flock together because there's this person in your life for some reason or this feather belongs here. It's still holding on for whatever reason, like it's still here for a reason. So. I think it tells the story, especially if like it's people from your past, people from the people you just met recently or whatever it might be. It definitely tells a story of who you are or who you were, who you are, whatever it might be, or who you're becoming. Like going back to that, <laughs> like your past, present and future. I do feel like that's what that comes from to me versus being like you're the same person. Um, more so not the same person, but now it's like it's telling a story about this bird <laughs> or whatever wherever that analogy came from or whatever that's called but yeah yeah I agree I agree I I, I like that we have so many different analogies but <laughs> I, I feel like it, it's definitely easy to follow because it's something that I think everybody can easily you know relate mm-hmm. to yeah now going back to what you said earlier about not really being open to new friends and because you want to protect well, I think you want to protect your heart. You want to protect yourself from being hurt again or experiencing some of the same things you experienced in past relationships. Um, how have you come to a point where you are open to new relationships? Because, you know, when when plants die, new leaves grow. You know, this is part of the life cycle, like life and death. So um, had, what did you come to? When did you come to a place where you were open to more friendships? Hmm. <sighs> graduate school honestly uh so 2016 um I think that's when we first met mm-hmm. and and I a lot of my friends I have a story where I talk to them like I saw you before you saw me I sought <laughs> you out and it, it, it literally would be like their energy their or something that attracted me to this person that I was like they might be good people let me I want to know more 
And but grad school, I really actively started to meet new people. Like you were the first new friend, essentially, quote unquote, that I met. But it was because you showed me such a great example of what friendship was. Anybody thereafter, it made it easy for me to accept because it don't matter. The rest of y'all don't worry. I got one new. Like, thank God I met this one first and not somebody else because this one is good. This one worked out. It's kind of like when you you had your first experience at a new restaurant. You like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm coming back. I'm gonna try a new dish, and you mm-hmm. keep coming back. But the moment you got a bad dish, you're like, mm, hold mm-hmm. on, man. You know what I'm saying? I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta start. You know, being more selective. I'm gonna only stick to this type of dish. So speaking on you know sticking to one thing it was because of the qualities that you showed me and then pointing out the fact the qualities that I had sitting at the table with me already it was easy for me to pick out huh I like how this friend makes me feel I like how I'm always happy around this person I like how it's effortless when I'm with this person I don't have to think about who I want to be I can just show up as me and feel comfortable and so I really started paying attention to how my body was feeling before and after interactions with certain people which helped me to navigate through making new friends so if the interaction was good I felt good something good came of it. I learned something new about myself they taught me something new they helped me to grow in some way even in the slightest way and something I it was something I hadn't been doing mm-hmm. I had become so comfortable and stuck in this box that it was hard for me to break free from it until I saw oh there's light at the end of the tunnel here's a person that has come to be this light and then oh okay other people have light within them too and so I, I more and more started craving that light and so once I started seeing, like I said, the light within people and really figuring out what my tribe of people was to look like, like I don't care now. I love meeting new people. I love mm-hmm. making it. Of course, everybody's not going to get the same version of me. Everybody doesn't get to see all of me in the same way. But as time goes on and you earn it and you show me like that you can handle different parts that come with me and you show me that you have some type of reciprocity, meaning that you match my energy then I, I'm more likely to be like, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm good with new friendships. It's, mm-hmm. it's really that simple. Like you show me who you are. I believe you. We can be a friend. You mm-hmm. show me who you are. I believe you. And I don't like it. Eh, I've been there, done that. I'm not doing that anymore. Like, you know, life's too short. And like the more people that I lost, you know, the more I started to really look at quality over quantity, which I've always had a small circle, but I don't allow everybody access to me anymore just because yeah. oh well I knew you in the past oh my mama bro- brother son cousin no <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I truly look at how that person is making me feel and, and I make a decision and I just I like you said I, I don't care about sacrificing if it means I protect my peace I don't care about sacrificing the connection because every connection not meant for me definitely and even you going back to um when you mentioned meeting me and things like that like you first told me <laughs> that you saw me you was like we gonna be friends I'm like I don't we went to orientation I don't I don't even remember I remember going there but I don't remember seeing anybody like because I was usually not into space I don't really pay attention like I do but I don't um <laughs> so when I first met you at class which obviously we had to meet each other because you were sitting behind me but when even I sat in that seat I didn't even see anybody I just always knew I want to sit on the edge. I don't want to be in the middle. I want to sit on the edge seat. Um, but I, I definitely was a person as far as like being open up to relationships. I always have been. But at the same time, I was very, like you said, cautious of like how my or more aware of like what I was feeling in those relationships. Like if my body felt if I felt like the energy was off or I felt like they being slick or like saying little things and like 
if I just felt bad in that interaction, um, I just was ready to cut it off. Um, and back then it definitely was, it was like a snap of a finger <laughs> back then. And another unhealthy trait I used to do was just be quiet. I would just always, if something bothered me, I'll play like the silent, the silent treatment. I, I play the silent queen or whatever. Um, I remember going to movie theater with one of my friends. It was three of us. I don't know what we went to go see, but I had said something and they kept talking about it. They kind of like mocking me or making fun of me about it. And they were good people, but it was annoying the hell out of me. Like, I'm like, okay, they're joking not funny no more. But they just kept going. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get out silent treatment. And, then, and I noticed that that made people like, well, what's wrong? And it's kind of like, instead of me being mature about it and expressing myself and then to understand, like, I was irritated, I would wait for somebody else to, like, engage in their conversations or bring up the conversation so that I didn't have to. Um, so it was my way of, like, one, being immature, <laughs> one. And two was just, like, um, I was just afraid to have those type of conversations or confrontation, things like that. Um, but yeah, when it came to new friendships, like I always was open, but I would always wait for other people to ask me because I would have became so used to it. Like, oh, sit with us. Or, oh, dude, no, let's hang out. I was so used to it. I never, I knew how to talk to people, things like that. Like I'm social, to, depending on the environment. <laughs> but um, when I met you, I was like, you gave off good energy. And I was like, well, I'm having this housewarming. I'm trying to meet new people like you. I was open to actually intentionally making friends or open to receiving, you know, new relationships. And I remember like, well, I have this housewarming come, you know, coming up. Why not invite somebody that I was cool with? We was, you know, working together on a project and stuff. And obviously that worked out. But I'm like, what if I never would have did that? Would this be what it is today? Um, so I feel like a lot of times we are scared to like enter new relationships because of our past or past painful experiences or our own things that we just got going on. We kind of like no new friends and stay with the day ones. I'm like, sometimes I'm day ones. Like some of them are really great. I, ain't gonna, it's, I even witnessed people who had relationships for like 20 years. And of course they have their ups and downs, but you can tell it's like their foundation for them. But then you meet other people that stay day ones and you kind of like, Yes, you still acting like it's day one. Like, <laughs> like nothing really has changed. Or even from what this person has told me that this is basically the same unhealthy things that's been going on in the past are still present today. So it's like, just because you've been day one or this your day one or whatever doesn't mean that it's something you should hold on to. Like it was one quote I, had, I saw on Instagram. It was like, um, oh my God, what did it say? Something like, um, don't base your relationships or friendships on how long you've been, how long you know someone based on these whatever qualities they end up listing, but based it on the energy they put into this relationship, you know, the healthy behaviors, the how you feel after you leave that person, things like that. And not necessarily, oh, this is my day one, but I feel shitty after being with them. It's kind of like, eh. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it's like, the, that that foundation got some cracks in it. Like it's it's not it's not the same. So I definitely am open to all relationships. I actually been doing it a lot more. Like um even for the first time, Instagram, we don't call it Instagram friends, but people you just have a connect you feel the connection with over Instagram. And 
um, that's been different, but it's been like so cool because I fight those connections have been helpful for me, um, especially when there are times when, you know, everybody is not available. That was another thing for me. I can't put all my stuff on one person. And that's why I feel like I wanted to open up myself to more relationships, because if I put everything on this person, then if they cannot meet that, then I notice that it makes me like, damn, why you can't do this? Or I don't know, it just I had came to uh, came to a place where I'm like, yeah, that's that's not healthy to me to put everything off on everybody. You should have a variety of friends that you can go to for certain things um, or even all the things. I feel like you're a person that I can go through, uh, talk to about any and everything from <laughs> I ain't even going to say, but we can talk about anything. But there are also times where you're just not available and that's OK. And I feel like that's when. Um, okay, like I tell clients, if you have a support system, have a, a um, variety of people that you can go to because if you're having a craving, because I work in substance abuse, mm-hmm. if you're having a craving and that person's not available, you're going to freak out because who else I'm going to call? So if that person's not available, okay, call this person. That person's not available. Call this person. So that way you can have, feel like you have a, a well-rounded support system and not throwing all your shit on one person um, because that can become a lie. So. That's another way of saying, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree a hundred percent. For me, it's two people. Sometimes it's three. But there was a point in my life, like, uh, like what you're saying is like people to get tired. And I, I, I had a point in my life where I felt like I was the burden because mm-hmm. I wasn't always needing a person. But when I did need them to be a- available, nine times out of ten they weren't. And I would literally make a phone call, no answer. Make another phone call, no answer. Make another phone call, no. Answer. Call my mama, no answer. Listen, <laughs> if I get to my mama and I ain't got an answer, oh, F the world. I'm turning my phone up. Boop. Nothing else. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking to nobody else. I don't care. I can't depend on nobody. Vic, all you got to do yourself. And the thoughts will continue. It's a domino effect. Because mm-hmm. I tried. I tried to be calm. But in my moment of frustration and my need, it, and it's seeming like a crisis for me in that moment. If I get to number three on a list of people that I feel I can depend on and they do not answer, like you said, because they unavailable for whatever reason. Yeah. Immature Vic didn't care what that reason was. You need to find time for me because, oh, I didn't lost sleep for you. I didn't answer the phone for you. I didn't rent in the rain, sleep in snow for you. Like literally would give my all and my energy was just not able to be matched. And so that led me to stop having expectations. Expect nothing from nobody. Expect the worst. You'll never get hurt. You'll prepare for this now. But that also led me to pushing people out and didn't allow for those new friendships to come in where, like you said, we had a relationship. We could talk about any and everything. Sometimes we don't know how we get on certain conversations, but like we can do that because we've had moments where, yes, I wasn't available or yes, you weren't available but because we both, you know, we, we booked in busy women. You know, we manifested that. But we always wrap back around, but it, it is sometimes like you, like you said, it can be like, man, you know, disappointing or disheartening or it makes you feel like maybe I don't matter. or Maybe I'm not as important because I didn't mm-hmm. make this list. But like you said, verse that maturity piece makes a difference. Being able to recognize that, OK, that's all right. You know, Vic ain't available or Mill ain't available. I got this person. But mm-hmm. if you have nobody on that list outside of that one person that always tends to match that energy it's really hard to accept that you need other people because it's like, well, I got other people and they're not delivering like this one person does. So why should I even 
try. If I already got one good person, why can't that one good person work out? Yeah, and that brings me to <laughs> I remember it was another quote like that um Shambody had said how people are so fearful from like giving their all and they like they so afraid like I can't I don't want I I they they tried the minimum but they don't really just they don't really go you know head first into something they don't really go to the end to see if there you know there's some possibility or whatever the results they get are great so they kind of like stop at or get stuck in that thought of like you know I can't do this or but what if this happened or what if this happened I can't give my all because I don't want to be hurt again but it's like okay why not go all the way get hurt again see well not get hurt again but why not go away whatever situation it is why not go all the way to see what the results what the outcome is because the outcome could be great or it could be not so great but at least you know where you can what you can do better because if you don't go all the way you would never know and it's just like that this sunk in because I'm like we really are we get so like stuck in this fear of like what if and this and then I'm like well just do it and see like see if what you put in what energy you put into whatever it is see if it works out because it might just work out um and if it don't learn the lesson what can you change what can you do differently and maybe the next time it will work and I was like girl she ain't be giving them she be giving them gems <laughs> she be she really be having you thinking it just be like that's why I I love conversation so much because when something's um something pops in my head or like somebody gives me a nugget I'm like okay I want to process this or I want to have a conversation about this because I know that if one person is experiencing this hella people are experiencing the same thing or a lot of people are going through those same things so let's have a conversation about it so that we can become more aware of things um including being afraid of being open to new relationships like why are you afraid what's keeping you from opening up to those things um so that you can at least get a head start on healing some of you know those emotional wounds because that's really what it is like your feelings got hurt <laughs> and you don't want to hurt you don't want to get them hurt again you don't want that to happen again so it's like instead of being like oh I'm hurt I was hurt in the past you're like I don't need no new friends that's for you know that's what we guess. You know, people be saying some crazy stuff. <laughs> like, no new friends or, um, oh, my God, what's something everybody, people always say when it comes to, like, meeting new people or I don't need nobody. Um, I got stuck in that before because I wanted to do everything myself, like, trying to have that control. Um, and sometimes I still get stuck in that. But, like, people just make up, instead of saying, like, the vulnerable thing to say, which is I've been hurt before, so it makes me not really anticipate or want to enter new relationships. Uh, but it's just like, nah, I'm good on friends. I don't need no new friends. I got my one good friend and that's fine with me. And it's like, you can hear like the pain, but you don't be saying that. You just be like, oh, okay, you don't want no new friend because you lawyer, you know. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so crazy. Like the stuff you see now, or even the stuff I say sometimes on my own, I'm like, girl, you, you lying to yourself, stop. <laughs> And, and that brought up the quote, uh, it's like, what if I fail? And it's like, but darling, what if you fly? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I also go back to Steve Harvey, you know, where don't trip. He ain't doing me yet because that ain't where <laughs> I'm at. It's, it is. What if I fail or what if I fail fast? Like, mm-hmm. it's no, ain't no flying. There's no getting off the ground. And, you know, that it reminds me of one, how much work I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I was going to say something, another point that came up when you were talking about, you know, this whole thing, no new friends and, you know, if friends be about your business or everybody about getting money, like it's always some other focus. And you say, you know, why not just say, you know, you hurt? Why not just be vulnerable? Mm -hmm. And that goes way back to our initial point of to be vulnerable is to surrender. And if Mm -hmm. you have trouble surrendering, you can't be vulnerable. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a process. And so that makes a lot of sense why I still struggle with vulnerability because for me, to surrender means that loss of control all over again. To mm-hmm. let you know that you hurt me, you now are in control of me because that is another internalized belief that I have from a child is never let people see you cry. The world is a cold place. You have to be tough because once they know your weakness, they'll use it against you. Mm-hmm. So if you're battling against all that, battling against what's what's being shown to you, on top of I'm trying to change and do things different, differently and accept these new people, you constantly in a tug of war. You know, and it's, it's a lose-lose battle because you don't want to surrender, but you also don't want to keep going through the same thing. So it's just like, I'd rather sit here and struggle and I'm going to just try to, you know, I'm going to try to get some better gloves. I'm going to do whatever I can and hang on to this rope and yank you back on this side, even if it's for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anything I can to admit the fact that this person hurt me versus I, I like I said I practice it a lot more but I'm only practicing it within limits that I've I've deemed to be safe or that within within relationships where people have shown me that I can be vulnerable and they don't treat me differently and you can actually handle what I'm saying and not become defensive but actually talk and work through this with back to that communication being key mm-hmm. definitely and like one thing you mentioned of like being comforted and struggling and I think a lot of us have been become a lot of become very comfortable in struggling because we used to it. We're not used to doing anything, but I guess struggling or feeling pain. Like we kind of got a little comfortable in just like settling in those things because trying something different, obviously it's different and it's new. So you rather, you know, sit in, sit somewhere where you feel comfortable rather than being a new space or a new environment or a new relationship or whatever it might be. And I think that's what kind of trip people up sometimes, even myself when it comes to like being open to different things, because like, well, it's new over there. Like, I don't know nobody. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's uncomfortable. And I feel like you have to, to a certain extent, become uncomfortable because you're used to being comfortable. So of course you got to do be a little bit uncomfortable in order for you to grow and, you know, meet new people and things like that. So I don't know. What would you, what would you say like to even sum up this conversation? What would you say would be like the top three things um, you have learned so that you could let go? Okay. Oh, that's a good question. I think the top three things, that I've learned is that the the biggest one being everybody is not the same Mm -hmm. um really reminding myself that yes people are going to have similarities but the same people that you feel are bad that have similar qualities there are a lot of people that I've met that are good that have similar qualities so learning to focus on the fact that one everybody is different and another thing would be that there's always some positive to be taken away from a situation no matter what situation it is, good, bad, to ugly, you learn something from it. You either learn not to do that no more or you learn you can do this a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one way or the other. You have to have that balance. Um, and I think the third piece is be kind to yourself. Be patient. 
Like, like you said, you have to get uncomfortable and grow. And it's going to be some struggles. It's going to be some ups and downs because it's new territory. It's new terrain. You, you haven't been here before, so you don't know how to navigate it. But like you said, until you are willing to go there, how do you learn? Mm-hmm. And so really just being, being patient with yourself, being kind to yourself and realizing that you are learning and not making yourself an expert the one time you experience something like that's okay yeah. you know ultimately this is a number four it's okay not to be okay. <laughs> like I know that's a, a cliche but like that is truly something that it, it goes with the entire it's a process mm-hmm. um, and it's a journey and not a destination piece you have to be okay with not being okay sometimes okay with that discomfort yeah definitely I agree with everything you mentioned and I ha- I think I have like just one that's like that stands out for me and that's like stick to reality. Like if everything you say that's good about this person is from the past, yeah. <laughs> like let it go. I mean, not necessarily but not necessarily do it, but just process that on your own or with a therapist or a good friend. Like everything you have to say about somebody that oh, well, we used to be so, I get caught up in this all the time, like the memories, like, oh, we used to do this. Well, I remember when we used to do this, but none of the things that we're talking about are in the now or have happened recently or within the you know recent years. It's all back in the past in 2000. Like, <laughs> like nothing is really new. Nothing has really changed. It's all in the past. And I'm just like, stick to reality. Like if somebody, like even going back, somebody said you're not a good friend. It's like, am I really, am I, am I, am I not a good friend or am, or this person just saying this to like gaslight me or try to make me think something so I can stay. And, and I think that's number two, I guess I do have another one. <laughs> it's just like, be curious, ask questions all the time. Uh, I mean, not like obsessively, of course, but if that thought pops up or experience pops up for you, be curious about it. Like don't judge yourself. I mean, of course, judgment is going to happen, but once you get past you know, that judgment, ask the questions, like, is this really true? Is this something that um, I'm feeling because of painful experiences I had? Is it something that somebody told me? Um, Whatever it might be, just be curious about what you're thinking about, because that may not be true. And if it is, accept it. Nobody can hold anything against you that you accept about yourself. And I, I think that was a big one for me even back then. I'm like, if somebody tell me something and I know, like for a fact, I'm like, if it's something I accept, accept by, about myself, of course, I'm like, it doesn't hurt me. Even like a small example, like people make fun of me not eating meat. Like that doesn't hurt me. Like, <laughs> like, okay, you can do, you can eat your steak, you can eat your hot dog. Okay. It doesn't hurt. Like I, this smell good. Like, <laughs> like I'm not tripping. Like, or somebody saying something like my, that one time my cousin said something about my breakup. I'm just like, I was about to go there and I'm like, hold up, you weren't even there. Like you, you just talking because you like talking shit. So you have to really sit back and be like, am I really getting hyped up for something or or nothing? Whatever it might be. Like, I'm really just really be curious about your experiences and not go straight to judgment or get stuck in judgment because whatever you whatever it is that you're thinking may not even be true about yourself. So be curious. Um, I don't even know if I have a last one. I'm sure I do. <laughs> but um, but yeah, as far as let's see, we talked about what was it, cutting people off. 
um, what are three things that kind of the process before you get to that point? What about letting new people in? What things do you look for? Because um, it was something about compromise. And they say that, you know, compromise, like, yeah, it works. But like before you go to that point or before you even make a decision, like when it comes to meeting new people or accepting people in your life, what is it that you're getting from them that you can't give yourself? And I think that's a great way to like approach things because we kind of jump into things that may not be, un- that may be unhealthy um, and they're not really feeding us in a way that, you know, help us to grow or whatever. So it's just like being more, I guess, cautious of who we are attracting or wh- while we are standing in certain relationships that's not giving us anything. So I'm just like, now not entering relationships. I mean, at least from, in my opinion, I'm thinking like, what does this person give me that I can't give myself? Or why is this person, this person being in my life, like what role do they play? Do they play a role that is helping me to thrive? Because it's, it's give and take with me, honestly. I, I can't have it just me putting all the energy into the plant. <laughs> like I can't feed this plant by myself. So we're going to need the sun. We're going to need the water. We're going to need all these different things. So what can you bring in? People might say this this effed up or that's it's fucked up, <laughs> but <laughs> it might seem like it's fucked up to think like that. Like you shouldn't meet people just so they can give you something. It's like, nah, like, okay, well, if I'm giving everything and then I get nothing, as far as not even necessarily material things, but things that impact me in a positive way. Um, so yeah, the question is <laughs> uh when you approach new relationships, basically. Um, what do you look for? Reciprocity, like you said, they mm-hmm. they give and take. Um, you know, kind of like I had I had somebody put it to me this way: if you meet a person because they knew about my struggles with being vulnerable, if you meet a person, and you know, all right, y'all. So we had a malfunction. I most likely mentioned it in the intro that we had a situation where they thought the episode was lost because my computer completely shut down. Anyway, we're back. <laughs> we're gonna start back off um uh, where we left off, which was basically Victoria going into um once she is open to entering relationships, what does she look for? What is she hoping to receive? So ask you again, what are you hoping to receive when you enter new relationships? Um flexibility, you know. <laughs> Uh, I know I said reciprocity before we cut out, but, you know, that whole situation just allowed me to think about flexibility as well. Mm-hmm. Something I think I was saying before, you know, we had that glitch, but the reciprocity piece, I'll start from there. Uh, basically, like you mentioned earlier, that given that take, you know, what am I getting out of this? You know, how many marvels is this person showing up with? What are they willing to endure with me? And then with that being flexible and adapting because, you know, full disclosure I am someone who you know struggles with depression and mood swings which has not been you know diagnosed outside of just me knowing myself and other people interacting with me so there are times where you know although I'm a great friend and I definitely give my all of my energy um there are times where sometimes I might be more depleted than usual and it's really hard for me to show up in the same way that I would when I'm not feeling that And so having friends that are flexible and very understanding and able to just kind of, you know, bend with me as I go through those different twists and turns in life. They're not afraid to, you know, basically 
get uncomfortable and get twisted with me. Like they come and mm-hmm. they check in and they're like, hey, this does not define you. This moment and what you're experiencing does not mean that everything else that you do gets erased, uh, which is something that's very important. So I'm looking for those people who have seen me at my low points and like I said, still allow and accept for me to, you know, have those moments and still don't think that it defines me or makes me less dependable. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, that's something that I, I tend to internalize. Um, and just honesty, you know, I think that'll be the last thing that I look for. So reciprocity, flexibility, and honesty, you know, and that is like what really ties it all together. If we can't be honest with each other in a relationship, I don't want to be in it. No matter how hard it is, no matter how tough it gets, if we can't have those honest conversations, I don't want it. Mm, definitely. And you even bring up one of the values that I just, I, I've been knew it, or I, I have known that collaboration, um, working together was huge for me, but I had never established it as a value. So when I did the, um, the Bloom Challenge on Instagram, when I was thinking about what are some things that I value, like what did I want to be rooted in, what grounds me, um, what's helping me to thrive. And I'm just like collaboration. I think that's what's so special about our relationship because we collaborate a lot. Like we both put in the same amount of energy, I believe, into our relationship. And that's what helped both of us thrive, not only in this relationship, but also individually. Um, so that's a huge for me. So that give and take, um, that level, that balance. Like I'm a Libra, so my skills, if they <laughs> if they get off balance, it's, it's trouble. Some don't feel right. I need to figure it out. I need to process this because I can't stay off balance for so long. Like, of course, it's natural to get off balance and off track. But eventually, I want to, you know, move forward in a way that's healthy. So I think that's what helps us in our relationship is just that that give and take that energy without really like, it's like, it's an expectation, but it's not at the same time. I think it's something that we kind of, I'm going to say born with, <laughs> but something that just already we had before meeting each other. And then it only was strengthened when we got together. So that's kind of how I look at it. So that's one of my the top ones when it comes to looking, uh, entering new relationships is just that pro- partnership, that working together, that energy that balanced energy um so yeah that's the one I'm just gonna share I'm gonna keep it at that but is there anything else you would like to share before we leave um today Uh, I love that collaboration like you said it's not something that typically you would think about Mm -hmm. as being something that is uh, not important but something that people usually bring to mind when it comes to what they are looking for or wanting and needing a relationship and I absolutely agree with you how important that is is and has become um, because I've definitely learned a lot from our collaborations. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate, you know, um, having the opportunity to finally be a guest on the one and only Surrender to God podcast. It has truly been an honor. You know, I look forward to doing more episodes in the future. Um, you know, if you would love to have me again. <laughs> And, and, you know, as always, you know, like, I, I love to see, you know, just how, how far you're going and all the amazing things to come to surrender to God. So always count me in, no matter what it is. I'm always willing to get uncomfortable with you. So thank you. And that's why it works, y'all. That's why it works. 
Uh, but thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you for sharing your your perspective on things and your experiences with wedding girl relationships and you know outgoing relationships and all of those things. But yes, thank you all for listening, and I'll be here next week.